15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor, where the puck drops here. Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f what they all say, right? Awesome to Kristen and Kristen Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask, cause I'm not sure. Do anybody make real d anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Cause right now, that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness. That I would even show up to this thing. So go ahead, go nuts, go ace. Especially in my pastel on my paper. Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel. Homie, take six and take this. Hater. Well, uh, it's a little after 6.30 p.m. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim DeWire. And, and I, too, have the endorsement of Jeb Bush. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm taking it straight to the bank. Well, I think he waited and waited and waited. Indeed, he did. I think the, the delay of the wait uh, is rather telling, but it's also a sort of a party central saying... Okay, guys. Yeah, this is it. Well, when you we get, have to just go with this. Yeah, when you get Jim De, Jim Dement even talking about rallying around the nominee and that it's time to bring the troops home, as they say. <laughs> We're not talking about those troops abroad, but um, that's a, a sort of a telltale sign, and that it's it is becoming mathematically almost impossible for Santorum to uh, to win. Newt is obviously. Not the big fig anymore, but the dead fig. He's almost the single-digit fig in some cases, yeah. <laughs> state to state. He keeps uh, he keeps getting clobbered, and obviously Santorum's inadequate performance in Illinois. I think Illinois was kind of his last real chance. If he had been able to pull that off, which uh, didn't happen. Uh, similar to Michigan, uh, what was interesting about the results from Illinois, and I don't have them with me, but interesting was that uh, once again it was the sort of more well-to-do suburbs uh, that turned out in heavy numbers, uh, and that's what gave Romney the rather large margin that he enjoyed in Illinois. And uh, <clears throat> Wisconsin is next week. That should be interesting for other reasons. Um, believe the recall business is, is part of that process there's some uh, primary uh, battles in both parties in Wisconsin so the turnout might be uh, higher there uh, one mm -hmm. of the striking things is how low the turnout has been in many of the uh, 
states uh, three or four months ago. The Republicans were talking about all this energy that they have. And uh, I don't know. It seems to be petering out on them. And uh, I think in Jeb Bush, Bush's case, let's face it, Mitt Romney's uh, Mr. Moneybags. Yeah. And uh, Jeb Bush will, I hate to say this, probably be uh, running for president in 2016. Uh, three uh, generations. Well, I hate to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, three imbeciles named Bush and uh, one generation, to paraphrase Oliver Weld- Wendell Holmes, is, uh, is enough. Is enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I mentioned Oliver Wendell Holmes uh, because of the Supreme Court. Oliver Wendell Holmes, uh, one of the great wits and intellects on the Supreme Court in uh, American history, but issued a number of uh, controversial <laughs> dissents uh, yeah, from time to time. From yeah. time to time. Probably mo- most famous for the uh, phrase, by the way, "You free speech is not yelling fire in a crowded theater. So, uh, Which do- I think most people could actually agree with. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we don't want to have anybody yelling fire in uh, any of the crowded theaters this coming week at the Michigan Theater which, of course, is hosting uh, many of the films of the Ann Arbor Film Festival, the 50th anniversary. But I think Jeb Bush, getting back to him briefly, yeah, he's uh, <clears throat> he realizes Romney's money bags, and uh, if he wants to be the nominee, let's face it, if Romney loses this time, he's pretty much finished as a contender. Uh, it's interesting that he just turned 65, because um, he's... Uh, Let's put it this way. His lifestyle uh, has probably allowed him to age a lot better than Newt Gingrich. <laughs> All those crazy parties that Newt has thrown. And we'll give out Newt Gim- Gingrich a, a brain damage award for accusing Barack Obama of, quote, injecting race into this uh, unfortunate, uh, unfortunate shooting in Florida. Injecting race? That's into, ridiculous. I mean, that's, that's absurd. Uh, I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. Regardless of, of even what the facts turn out to be. Uh, but now there's questions about, uh, did he attack? Although that's the, the language itself of that supposition is almost sounds like a wild animal. You know? Yeah. Well, it's unless he had a pea shooter. A teenager's a, attack. Accommodated Skittles. I'm fairly skeptical of it the idea that there was any, a quote unquote, in, self-defense involved. Well, and, that law, that Florida law, let's face it, is disturbing yeah and this has been pushed uh, by the way in a lot of uh southern and western states as some sort of uh gun, get off my property gun rats movement you know the government has taken guns away from people which is completely false it hasn't really happened uh really in american history other than uh the fact that they uh did pass a law following the kennedy assassination which banned um mail order uh sales of guns uh, how Lee Harvey Oswald got the gun, by the way, uh, using an alias at an American post office has never been explained. Uh, A.J. Hadell, for the record, was not authorized to receive mail <laughs> in Dallas, Texas. Uh, one of the minor details of the Kennedy assassination that's never been explained. Um so the Wisconsin primary next week, I, I really do think, is, is uh, uh, Santorum's last uh, last stand because in... Uh, well, he'll probably go down kicking and screaming all the way to the convention, I suspect. Yeah. Uh, and sort of he's been fuzzy on math, uh, as we know, because he maintains that he 
has can a pull chance. through, that he has a chance. And it's just it's just not mathematically possible at this point. It's not. And the, the other thing that's interesting, too, is that um, it, what it what it's reminiscent of a little bit is Reagan's uh, mm-hmm. 76 operation, uh, setting himself up for the next um, the next run. And Santorum obviously sees himself as a torchbearer of the future of the Republican Party, which I think is troubling because the Republican Party, uh, as Joe Biden likes to put it, is not your father's or your grandfather's Republican Party. This is a scary coalition of uh, hatred, stupidity, uh, and nostalgia for, uh, frankly, things that they're just not telling the truth about regarding American history. Well, funded by big money. And scary, uh, you know, implications involving um, money. It's interesting that a recent Harper's Index, and I mention this because there's a very good New York Times unsigned editorial in today's uh, 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 paper regarding living in a citizen's united world uh, regarding um, money and politics, uh, the cost of... uh, of uh, prisons o- over the years that the Republican Party's been pushing for. They want to be tough on crime, but they don't want to raise taxes to pay for the consequences of being tough on crime. Mm-hmm. and uh, Or for their uh, war hawkish uh, foreign policy. Yeah, like the Iraq war was never funded correctly. Um, money was put off budget. That's funky accounting. Uh, it's illegal in business. They keep calling uh, for a government to be run more like a business. Well, it's one of the problems. But it's interesting that a re- recent Harper's Index, it says percentage of political ad spending during 2010 elections. These, of course, were the elections in which the Republican Party staged a big, big comeback that would have been prohibited before Citizens United, 72%. That is a frightening number. That is a... That's, that, that's got to leap off the page, because that explains what's going on. Obviously, Newt Gingrich's uh, patron um, is beginning to have doubts. Uh, the rumor is Gingrich is down to $1.5 million and has lots of debts. So he may continue to run just to fundraise. Uh, that's... Uh, an interesting reason to continue campaigning have to for crank president. out another book on the uh, on the on the fast. So, there. either that, or I'll have to go into the Merkin business, <laughs> featuring the Callista model. <laughs> right. Oh boy, we love attacking Newt Gingrich down here on Gray Matters. He's such an idiot. He's uh, he's a good target. Him and Rush Limbaugh are big fat idiots. So, yeah, 72 percent. Woo. And, well, of course, that's what's keeping this this process kind of going. Um, Santorum has obviously had deficiencies in organization, but uh, he's made up for that uh, with enthusiasm. Yeah, the very name of that, it's, you know, so unfortunate that we're forced to use the term Citizens United. Yeah. Because that's a, a dubious euphemism, if ever there was one. I mean, that is... You know, Orwellian misuse of language, exactly. to put it bluntly. Uh, citizens have nothing to do with that argument. Corporations. Right. That's that whole, oh, corporations are people. Uh, 
psychosis that uh, the Supreme Court has so often fallen sway under. It's uh, it's not Citizens United at all. Yeah, and it's interesting because, of course, today uh, the Supreme Court uh, had a lot of hoopla surrounding their um, their hearing of the um, um, Affordability and uh, Health Care Act. The Republican Party, of course, derides this as uh, <clears throat> Obamacare, uh, which it's not. Um, this was actually a very complicated uh, way to uh, lengthy process of making legislation, if the truth be told. Obama, in many ways, signed off on this. He just sort of turned it over uh, to uh, Mac, Max Baucus uh, in the Senate, because that's where the difficulty was in getting the votes. And... Um, what we have is a flawed bill, but uh, an improved uh, situation nonetheless. And obviously, the practical uh, politician who voted for uh, the bill um, <clears throat> did so because of the phrase, you know, let's not throw away our desire to see something perfect for accomplishing something. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to recommend a couple of books that I've read on healthcare. These are very thin volumes, very readable. But there is an outstanding recent book by Grace Boudris, who's a, uh, seem to remember she's a registered nurse. And uh, her book is entitled Our Unsystematic Healthcare System, which goes into the goals of the Healthcare Reform Act and gives many, many factual details about the difficulties and problems that we have with health care here in the United States. Another slim volume from a couple of years ago that I also want to recommend is the T.R. Reid book um, on health care. Um, this fellow um, basically had a shoulder problem, and he went around the world to compare uh, healthcare systems in other countries, and uh, his very uh, wise observation uh, regarding um, his his book. By the way, I just found the title is "The Healing of America: A Global Quest for Better, Cheaper, and Fairer Healthcare," uh, published in 2009 by Penguin, uh, in which he uh, notes uh, the history of the employer-based system. Interestingly, was invented by Bismarck. Otto von. Yeah. Otto von, not Ludwig, <laughs> and certainly not Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> but uh, I recommend both of these books. You can read, uh, I would say, both of them in two or three sessions each. They're not terribly lengthy. They're factually uh, detailed in terms of uh, data and... Uh, what it's all about. And T.R. Reid's book is interesting because he notes that America really has four health care systems. One is the employer-based system that uh, people want to protect. The other is a, a sort of uh, Social Security, Medicare system. And then there is the uh, veterans system mm. that also uh, covers Native American Indians. <clears throat> and finally, there is the third world system that America enjoys, and those are the uninsured. Uh, obviously, our hospital system and our me method of delivering health care is not sustainable in any long-term sense. Uh, 
and reform is uh, absolutely imperative one way or another. I don't know how the uh, Supreme Court is going to rule on this. I think they have disposed of this uh, arcane uh, 19th century uh, law that they were debating today, whether a penalty was a tax. That was that was basically the theme of today's hearings. And uh, there are going to be two more days of hearings. Uh, unprecedented. Uh, unprecedented in terms of... Uh, exposing the deliberations to the public. There have been long lines outside the Supreme Court. There are even people getting paid to stand in line if you're unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's also people on their knees in prayer. In prayer, yes. And, of course, demonstrations, and it sounds like a little bit of a party atmosphere down there. (laughs) Who knew that the Supreme Court could be so festive? Indeed. And for those who don't remember what Jesus had to say about public prayer as a show, Mm -hmm. uh, it's in the book of Luke, chapter 20, verse 46. And I urge all of those people who are fuzzy on that uh, concept, what does it mean to pray in public, to consult that verse? Luke, uh, by the way, the gospel that had some expertise in uh, the medical aspects of Jesus's... uh, teachings and whatnot he was interested quite a bit in the he was allegedly and this this is something that i learned in uh, grammar school in england where uh, they have school prayer by the way um well church of england church and state yeah. if america wants to get religion out of its uh hair um the quickest way to guarantee its demise is to introduce school prayer <laughs> indeed <laughs> because kids uh children will resist the uh and resent uh, the Rick Santorum uh, fiery sermon and uh, revolt. Um, it's interesting that they have school prayer in many European countries and church belief in God, goes down. church attendance goes down, agnosticism goes up. Um, don't have to worry about going to college. <laughs> <laughs> A goal that Rick Santorum is very surprisingly forsworn for his own children yeah so yes it's the american uh affordability and uh what do they call this to this technical law i'm trying to find this i can't find it right off the top of my head i have my notes here and i should have probably got this a little more systematically organized but uh i of course uh am not concerned whether uh aspects of the law get uh overturned it's possible they will john roberts seems to be one of the key um voices in this uh, how this is going to turn out anthony kennedy is the swing vote there's no question about that but most supreme court scholars point out that if uh, kennedy votes five to four to uphold uh, most of this law which has been upheld in most of the appeals that have been heard around the country uh, that roberts will join the majority and make it a 6-3 decision because he is more interested in the uh, institutional role of the Supreme Court as it relates to American history. And what's interesting about the striking down of this law, should it happen, uh, it would raise all kinds of issues about all kinds of other mandates of government uh, related to taxes. Uh, you could see a... Well, and uh, theoretically, even things like public school. 
You you could yeah you could have a, a wholesale overturning of all kinds of things and it's interesting that I've been reading a, a a recent new history of the New Deal, which I think is uh, an interesting analogy uh, historically to, to to be reading about because of the economic problems that Barack Obama confronted coming into office in two thousand nine uh, and how similar they were to. The problems that FDR had in 1933, the banking system was basically uh, broken. Um, real estate prices were plummeting. Um, back in the Great Depression, uh, commodity prices, farm prices were plummeting too, and there was a much greater percentage of the American public that w lived on farms and worked on farms. There were a variety of uh, things that the government did in the so-called first 100 days Many of these bills were uh, gotten through uh, the uh, FDR 1933, the first 100 days, with these massive majorities that the Democratic Party enjoyed. Uh, interestingly, FDR increased his majority in the 36 elections, uh, winning at the time the biggest landslide in American history. But the Supreme Court had overturned exactly. a substantial number of the New Deal um, bills, including the um, the AAA, the uh, Agricultural Adjustment uh, um, Allotment Program that was basically a, a subsidy, uh, a tax, so to speak. Uh, the NRA was overturned. Mm -hmm. and National a, Recovery Act. National Recovery Act. And a variety of the sort of uh, essential aspects of the New Deal. So... Um, Obviously, the overturning of these laws led to uh, FDR's mistaken, politically mistaken attempt to pack the court, mm -hmm. change, uh, the, increase the number of justices that ended up failing, by the way. Uh, Congress did not go along with that plan in 1937, and FDR was sort of publicly humiliated, and certainly it was one of, uh, from his presidential years, one of his uh, big defeats, so to speak. But he probably did win the school of public opinion on this issue because he did call the justices sort of 19th century doddering old idiots that didn't understand what America was confronted with um, in the Great Depression and what had to be done. Very interesting stuff because I think there are some analogies to uh, – I don't think Barack Obama is anywhere politically as adept as FDR – um, but it's the problems. It's also the compromises, the ability of, F you know, FDR was criticized heavily by uh, the far left for uh, not going far enough in some cases. Well, and of course the... Uh, right but Social Security, and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I was going to say, that was upheld by the Supreme Court. And the court-packing attempt did change one of the justices' opinions. Uh, he began to side five to four the other way because many of the New Deal laws that were struck down, and I think there were eight of them total, were all five to four decisions. This is creates big dissension in our uh, society, and I think that Roberts, John Roberts, the current chief justice of this Supreme Court, would be more um, inclined to uh, look at the historical role of the Supreme Court. Yeah, I was just going to jump in and say that uh, the right-wingers at the time uh, denounced FDR for uh, being a socialist. Yeah, uh, but it, as Howard Zinn points out uh, pretty pretty well in his People's History of the United States, that really what FDR did was sort of 
save the day for capitalism yeah. and sort of put enough, uh, you know, social checks and, and sort of societal buffers in there. That one thing that I think has been uh, missing from uh, Obama's uh, agenda is something like the Civilian Conservation Corps. There are yeah. some great ideas from the New Deal era that we could certainly use again. Yes. Uh, putting young people who have high unemployment rates to work in something like a Civilian Conservation Corps, planting trees, reclaiming, you know, burned out and impoverished city blocks. Mm -hmm. There's lots and lots of work in Detroit along those lines. Uh, these are good jobs. This is good uh, for the communities. Uh, there are, you know, we could build more roundabouts, save electricity on traffic lights. There's a lot of simple things that the country could do to make jobs and make it a, a better place. And it's following the New Deal agenda. It's it's not really socialism. It's just simply the business of government to foster the communities which support it. And and that's one of uh, was one of FDR's great skills was that he didn't, um, you know, in his fireside chats, he would couch this in very very uh, mainstream terms about what they were trying to do. There was a certain amount of. Uh, CCC, Civilian Conservation Corps, was one of the best uh, New Deal programs in terms of its, its success. Mm -hmm. the numbers on it are, are remarkable. WPA was another one. Henry Hopkins, uh, or uh, not Henry, uh, Harry Hopkins, who uh, was the administrator of the uh, WPA for a period. Harold Ickes operated the PWA. There's mm -hmm. so many of these... Uh, alphabet soup. Alphabet there were soups. There were a lot of them. At you that know, time the, the, the NRA the, is basically about unionization and uh, negotiating uh, contracts, getting business to cooperate with unions and deal with, with strikes and that sort of thing. Uh, NRA was struck down. But these were remarkably uh, successful programs. And, of course, Harry Hopkins comes across, because uh, he later became a crucial um, foreign policy advisor to F FDR, something that I've been more interested mm -hmm. in in terms of FDR's uh, history, uh, historical, you know, study in FDR and how he operated, um, was not ashamed to uh, administer relief. He believed in it. And he believed in, interestingly, he even pointed out at one point, oh, I think we should uh, give relief to white-collar people. He supported these arts projects, for instance. The, that's true. There were a number of public arts projects all over the country that employed uh, out-of-work artists, writers, um, p producers of plays, um, these sort of theater theater groups, that sort of thing. Or technical workers, lighting, you know, stage production. And it be it began the initial uh, uh, partnership between government and the arts, uh, which is goes back uh, thousands of years, and is worthy of government spending, in my opinion, particularly when you look at how small it is mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Uh, there are fierce cultural battles over the NEA and uh, very interesting uh, chapters in there about the uh, success and problems with some of the art funding because some of the uh, Orson Welles, for instance, uh, wanted to put a play on called The Cradle of Rock that uh, was had music, I think, written by an avowed Marxist that uh, dealt with a steel strike apparently as a theme in the play and it came into all kinds of resistance and sort of had to be toned down and was eventually put on. John Houseman was in that mm -hmm. theater group and uh, 
famous writers uh, benefited from the New Deal because Harry Hopkins put it quite well. He said an unemployed actor is just as hungry as an unemployed worker. And it's this kind of uh, failure to recognize uh, the urgency that, that, that uh, America was confronted with, uh, with the collapse of and the failure of the Bush administration's economic policies. What's most troubling is that Mitt Romney pretty much wants to repeat the policies of Ronald Reagan and George Bush. Uh, they failed in the past. They led to two massive banking crises, uh, the collapse of the stock market in the late 80s, the collapse of the stock market. And this, this is, these are the rich people that right. are affected by this, never mind the impact on the overall economy. There's obviously still problems in housing. But I think things are slowly getting better. Um, and uh, hopefully... Well, hopefully the crude oil prices uh, and their fluctuation won't uh, yeah. upset this because we know we know trend. that the oil uh, magnets want to get rid of Obama for uh, other reasons uh, because he's like FDR advocating higher taxes uh, on the wealthy on the more well-to-do and you know even a corporate brain trust kind of uh, intellectual like Adolf Burley uh, argued that it, the biggest problem that caused this this uh, this uh, great depression back in the 1930s was the disparity of income the concentration of income in too few hands and well and we've seen now in, yeah. in our own time how banks and corporations have cash which they just sit on yeah and of course cash only has value if it's circulated and people can borrow it and you know establish themselves a new business or you know which creates jobs for other people but when the banks and corporations just sit on the money they're accumulating interest, but nobody else has access to it, and uh, you stagnate. And you had the same thing, the same dynamic in the 1930s with corporate concentrated corporate interests going after FDR, calling him a socialist, mm. attacking him for quote-unquote class warfare and denouncing the New Deal as either socialism or communism. We've heard those uh, false allegations made throughout uh, Barack Obama's presidency. And uh, it's pretty troubling when you uh, see, you know, voting data uh, from some Republican primaries down south in which 52 uh, percent of the uh, electorate in Alabama doesn't believe in evolution. Um, Forty percent think Obama is a Muslim. These are very troubling trends in our society, and uh, they are... Not going to go away anytime soon, I'm afraid. No, we probably lost our chance to let them secede uh, back in the day. And, uh, well, we're all part of one big happy family ever since. Luckily, we have the Hunger Games. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and although the Hunger Games will not be in any way, shape, or form part of the uh, 50th annual Ann Arbor Film Festival here in the waning moments of the program i would like to sort of specifically single out a couple of especially worthwhile programs for wcbn listeners of course it's great to attend the entire festival which i strongly recommend get yourself a festival pass and you can walk in at your leisure no waiting in lines so everybody who listens to wcbn fm ann arbor 
should think about catching at least one or two days of the film festival. For example, uh, Thursday at 510, uh, the Penny Stamps Lecture is going to prevent uh, filmmaker Craig Baldwin, oh, yeah. uh, who's made a number of films screened here at the Ann Arbor Festival. Uh, my favorite would be Tribulation 99, uh, an amazing film about paranoid conspiracy theories that uh, is re revelatory. Um, he'll be speaking, uh, and that's free, so there are a number of free events as well. Uh, opening night's always a good night. You see some great films on 